Hey y'all, this is Taria. And Akis. And this is Columbus Can't Wait. Either do politics. Or politics do you. Hey y'all, this is Columbus Can't Wait. You're, we here. Yeah, so this is our second episode. We're really excited. How was your week? Um, you know, <laughs> it was a week. Um, actually I had... It was pretty good. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like all things considered, I I, I think it's just because I'm focusing my energy and, and being very um, intentional about what I want to carry with me, mm-hmm. and I've just decided to make the most out of every day that I'm still here on Earth. And so, like despite all the fucked up shit that's happening in America, yeah, you know, sure. I'm just trying to make the most of it. And I've had a lot of wins this week, so. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the biggest one will be tomorrow. Yeah, I'll tell you about that when we get off the mic. Okay, yeah. trying to keep that under wraps. Yeah, um, this episode it is gonna be a little bit different, you know, given everything that's happened this week. Um, yeah, I don't know. The air is just kind of heavier. Yeah, you know? I lost my grandma this week, so I just want to dedicate this episode to her. I miss you a lot already, and. If I seem a little bit off, that's why. It's just been an off week for many reasons, but that's the number one reason for me. Yeah, definitely understand. So, yeah. So, we, this week, we're really excited, though, um, because we have Jasmine Ayers on. Mm-hmm. She is a community activist. Um, she has run for city council in the past. Um, and she is here to talk about the census and why it's important to fill it out. Um, she's going to obviously talk more about it, but we just, you know, want people to know that the census determines funding allocation for things like schools, roads, and hospitals. So if you don't fill out the census, that's money that you're sending out of the community. And Jasmine is going to talk more about how the census works, how you can fill it out, and why you should fill it out. You know what's crazy is that, like, we talk a lot about defunding the police, but mm-hmm. doing something as simple as filling out the census is a way that we can intentionally fund our communities. Because, like you said, it does, um, you know, send the money allocations out based on where the population is. Right. And... Speaking of temp checks this week and defunding the police, I know that a lot of our listeners are feeling the same way as we are. Um, the non-indictments, I would say, for, for the Breonna Taylor case um, came out this week. And for a lot of us, it was pretty devastating, mm-hmm. I would say. How are you feeling about it? Um, my initial reaction, I was shocked that they charged one of the officers with something. Um, I was surprised. Well, not surprised. I was like, oh, they didn't do all three. But wow, they did one. But then I realized. That what the charge was. The charge was actually Wanton for. endangerment. Yeah, endangering one of the neighbors. So they actually didn't charge any of the officers no. uh, with anything related to Breonna Taylor's death. And it's frustrating. Um, I know I want to talk a little little bit about it more in the episode, but I will say this here. Um, Yesterday, I I saw somebody was like, how how can we listen to people say, just go vote when they're out here killing us and there's no consequences to it? And I wonder 
reiterate right now that the person that chose whether or not those officers who get charged is an elected official um, in, in the states that he's not an elected official. He's appointed by an elected official. And if anything, is it should be more incentive um, to go out and vote and to also know about everything that's up and down your ballot. So um, at this yeah. point, I feel like there's... Like we 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 can tell people to go to the polls and people should go to the polls, but there's so much more that we're gonna have to do, mm-hmm. um, because just to see the miscarriage of justice that happened yesterday as a black woman, to see our lives devalued in that way, like I already knew what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I already knew when they started barricading, you know, downtown and protecting all their property what was about to happen and it's just you know I'm very pissed off and I just think that on on top of voting we need more direct action we need to organize because we need to organize and get informed get educated yeah yeah because I, I, I wasn't there to look over Daniel Cameron's the way he ran his race when he ran for attorney general. Mm-hmm. But I I wonder, you know, if people looked at him and thought this is a black man and he's going to up, uphold our interests. No, and he in was, the back uh, end, he shitted on us. He was strongly endorsed by Do- yeah, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. Right. But I think sometimes people think, you know, a person that looks like us is going to have our best interests in mind. And even just the, some of the comments that he made at the podium yesterday— um, we're very much not in line with somebody that I think has our our best interest as Black people, um, in mind. So all skin folk ain't kin folk. Say that again. I hope you don't sleep at all, Daniel Cameron, and all three cops. I hope y'all never get a night of rest again. Said what I said. Nah, I'm with you. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Let's welcome in our guests. What's good, guys? How y'all feel? What's up, man? Just yeah. life, you know? Yeah. You it's know, an interesting week. I um, I heard somewhere, maybe I read somewhere, they said that people should stop asking how other people feel because you don't really want the answer on the other side of it. Like, you're not prepared for what they might say or whatever. Like, anybody that's been asking me how I feel lately, it's like, bruh, you don't want me to tell you about this shit, you know? Some people do want to Some people Some do want to know. Some people are invested in how other people feel. Don't, I mean, offer it if you mean it. Don't offer it if you don't. Yeah, that's the moral of this story right there. But yeah. I do care about how you guys feel. That's why I asked. I believe it. I, it's it's just a little weird that we live in a society where people are like debating on whether somebody else cares about like when they say how are you doing like it's just do you think it's weird or do you think it's like kind of I don't know when I ask people how they're doing I genuinely like care I think the problem that I be having is that after they tell you how they feel it's like what do you do with that you know you don't always have to sometimes the the action step is listening. Mm. Yeah, sometimes people just want to be heard. They just want somebody to... If they just like, want help, they'll ask you for it. And if they just want to vent, then they'll vent. So then do you say... No, right. I think it maybe is more so that the person on the receiving end of the information, maybe that person is not good at 
like what they should do. Like you said, like you have two choices, which one is listen and the other is you have to be actively listening to discern whether or not they might want your feedback or they just want to be, um, they just want to be listened to. And usually people give clues in the conversation. Like, so what do you think I should do? If they don't ask you that. Then don't, don't offer that. All right. So like, someone's like, yo, I didn't even want to get out of bed this morning. And then that's it. <laughs> it was like, word. Well, have a good day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you say, no, yo, what's like, going on? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you ask me how I'm feeling, like, I don't really want to go into details about it. I just That's cool. And I tell people that. Sometimes people are like, hey, do you want to talk about it? And I'm like, not today. I might call you on Friday. But mm. right now, I'm cool. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, I just usually don't talk about it personally. But I don't know. It's been a weird week, indeed. Yeah. Tear. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a lots of stuff going on this week. I'm kind of of the mindset again of um, like yesterday. I was in the office and my guy was like, "Yo, so uh, what do you think about such and such or whatever?" I'm like, "Bro, honestly, I don't want to talk about it. Not mm-hmm. because like I don't think it's important, but because I don't have any more stamina. You know, what I mean, to everything that needs to be said has already been said." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Everything that needs to be said has already been said. So, what more do I have to say right, right now? Except for, yo, shit's fucked up right now. You know, right? So, we can all have like it. It does feel like during times like this that, like, really, it's nice to not be in a space where you feel really sad, like by yourself or confused. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like everybody that I know feels kind of the same way. So it, it doesn't feel like you're on an island. Like everybody's like, okay, what what's right. what is what is this? Right. Mm-hmm. What like what's happening? So collective black morning. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it feels like weird to say that it doesn't feel good, but it just feels like you're not in it alone. By yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but that's also like what bonds us and what makes us strong and you know. Perseverance, yeah. all of those. Yeah, perseverance. I'm so glad that you said that. Did, did you see my tweets last night? Yeah, you commented on them, right? Uh, was it this about the PlayStation with for your daughter? Or? No, 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 no. no, no. <clears throat> the other ones. <clears throat> all right. So you I, was, I, I do was a lot of tweeting. To, I'm not yeah, on Twitter, so I was trying to prepare myself to make was sure that just that some I, shade. You like? Oh yeah, you do tweet a lot. I, no, I tweet a lot. Oh. oh, I thought you were saying that about me. No, I'm saying that about myself. Oh, no, nah, I don't even think you tweet that much, honestly. We are talking and we didn't even introduce who the third person, like the third voice is. Oh, yeah. That's Jasmine a, Harris. Oh, what's up, y'all? People. Yeah, shout out to Jazz, man. Hey. I mean, I didn't mean Columbus. it like that. Wow. That was. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. He's no, not, I that's like a it. second awkward thing. I like thing. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Corny dad jokes, right? <laughs> yeah, I am a dad, right. so... I you mean, know. Are you allegedly. at that age where you're about to, like, get corny? No, listen, bro, corny I'm in my dad joke bag, bro, like, wow. unapologetically, like... I hear you. It's lit being a dad. Embrace and it. Getting off... And she's at an age now where she understands that the jokes are corny. She right. She's me, dad, and I'll be like... That's so cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. But I was preparing to make sure I didn't come in here and rant. Like, because yeah. I got a lot of shit on my mind, you know what I mean? But I don't want to be that guy, especially not on this show. I don't care. Oh, see? You I see, feel man? how I feel. What are, I we, do. what are we, it's, what are we ranting about? 
<laughs> All right, so I saw something last night. It really pissed me off. Oh, really? Like, I'm getting mad all over again just thinking about it. I haven't even said it out loud yet. Um, they said, black people, we are losing the war. And that was the whole tweet. And it really, really frustrated me. got under my skin because I don't know. I don't know. If, no, I do know. I don't think that we have enough... Um, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough runway. We don't have enough like a uh, space to have that defeatist type of attitude to say that like there's no hope. Like, yeah, I mean, hope is the key to any revolution, right? Like I'm the saying. things that you are reaching for and are striving for don't exist, and so you have to have hope mm-hmm. to sort and of as get soon there. As you lose that. It's like, bro, you don't have anything. Yeah. And I mean, I think you sort of gave us a quick overview of history of like all of the things that we have overcome. Um, And yeah, I don't ever think that we, I don't think that we take the time to sort of pause and reflect. And also it's a disservice to those who have laid the foundation who have come before us Mm -hmm. to say, oh, we haven't gotten anywhere. Right. Like they literally died (laughs) for us to get somewhere. And, um, I appreciate their sacrifice and this movement will not be done when I leave this planet. Mm-hmm. Right. My job is to run my leg of the race. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. And like what she's referring to is yesterday I would say, Brad, mm-hmm. like literally in this country that we're in right now, once upon a time we were considered three fifths of a man. If we weren't even like a property, we were property. You see what I mean? And for us to be where we are right now, like, shit, it's definitely fucked up. Things are bad. But to say that we're losing the race, that we're losing the war, I think that that's unfair. And it's not really taking a step back and and looking at what's going on. Like, there's more work to be done. But we have to acknowledge that there is definitely progress that's been made over the course of this country's history. And if we can have come this far, that means that we can go further as well. And so, yeah. And I mean, sometimes you lose, you know what I'm saying? But you reassess and you reorganize and you come back stronger, Mm -hmm. right? Like history is, progress is not linear. And so we have to remember that. Well, and I think that it depends on what your perspective is. Like if you're, it depends on what the way that you're looking at it. But I also think that like goes into what we were talking about earlier is that that's why we need each other. Um, it is easy to get to do this work and even just observe this work and become exhausted mm-hmm. by what feels like a constant barrage of like people spreading untruths, like having to combat combat with people just about like your basic humanity. Like that is exhausting. And again, that is why we need each other because... Like, yeah, we're all running this leg of the race. But, like, when you get tired, we should be able to pass the baton to somebody else, even if it's just for a second. So if you're feeling like, you know, I feel like this is going nowhere, you know, you should be able to express that and have support. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, that's just that's just what I think. I, I think that some people are very disillusioned. And, de- and depending on where you sit... Um, I could see how that could be. I understand it. 
I just and I respect. But you have a right to to feel. That's what I'm saying. However, like, you feel about it. If you're disillusioned or if you feel hopeless and everything, like I completely get why you would feel that. I just can't let that because I think it's contagious. I think energy is contagious, and I can't. I personally can't afford to let that energy like you know bleed over into my life because, like you said, like I have a daughter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't be hopeless and be trying to lead her. You know, what's that yeah. say to her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know, I'm just looking at solutions. And I've kind of even gotten to the point, you know, God forbid, but I'm just thinking like, yo, regardless, I don't like either one of the candidates. I think I said this last episode, regardless of what happens in November, like there's still the work that needs to be done. And, and so... I've kind of just been prepping myself to to know that like the boots still need to be on the ground regardless of if the orange man stays or if he goes, you know? People need to. I think everybody that feels exhausted right now and disillusioned, I totally get it. But I think that we need to be like buckling up for like what is coming mm-hmm. ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, this is This is just a fraction of, I think what we're going to see going forward. And um, I don't mean that to be like alarmist or whatever, but I mean, this man was just talking about, like there was a journalist literally asking him, will you will you concede power? Like if you're defeated in November and he was basically like, no. So that's yeah. not. So speaking <laughs> of that, I advise everybody to <laughs> vote early in person. Mm. Um. That or if you requested a mail ballot, you can go drop it off at the Board of Elections. Um, The earlier we can get our votes in, um, again, don't mean to be alarmist, but um, let's get this handled before Election Day so that we can be safe and secure in our homes Mm -hmm. and watch the results. They spent millions of dollars. I mean, the Republican Party... um, Specifically, the people fundraising for Donald Trump's campaign have spent millions upon millions of dollars to have people at the polls, basically like trying to do whatever they can to poke holes and people being able to vote, like to engage in voter suppression. So people just need to be aware that the fight is this is like this is not the beginning of it by any means, but it's going to be a tough next couple months. And the fight's not over in November either. Like, that's right. one thing that I was talking to on one of the committees that I'm on. And democracy, really, it happens in between the elections, you know, before everything that happened this week. Um, we were coming on to this episode to talk about the census, for example. Um, but even, like, beyond that, and I do want to come back to that, but even beyond that, like staying engaged, knowing what's happening, like in your city hall and your state legislator. Um, right, we have a f- county prosecutor's race, mm-hmm. right? Like this is the person Ron O'Brien has not indicted a police officer in the 20 years that he's been there. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you want some police accountability, this is his office. Mm-hmm. See, and we have a whole also episode like who determines that. whether or not a child gets charged as an adult. Mm-hmm. Right, like there there are considerations beyond just police reform. I'm so glad that you said that because that's another thing that pissed me off yesterday. Is uh, they say, "Yo, uh, they they weren't charged," and, and so on and so forth. And people are going to tell you to go out and vote. 
It's like, dog, yeah, that's literally what we're going to tell you to do because the person that makes the decision on whether or not to charge in this case is an elected official in most states. And in the states that it's not an elected official, they're appointed by an elected official, the governor. It's like this is literally a politician that you choose whether or not they're in office or not. Like, If nothing else, this should be more incentive for you to get up and vote. Right, But I, I don't think, like... Neither party is really sort of like explaining down ballot races very well. I agree. Right? They're not out here doing voter education, right, to let people know, like, this is what your city council person controls, right? The reason why your street hasn't been t- paved in 20 years is because they're over there paving stuff in Clintonville, right? Like Again. Again, right. <laughs> but that's why this podcast exists, because those conversations are, those educational conversations are not being had. And that is that's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like and this is people are not educated. We have on. such on non presidential years for local elections, we have anywhere between thirteen and twenty percent voter participation. Exactly. That is so low. That's especially what the alarm considering should be. it's it's up over fifty percent for presidential elections. Like when we say we don't want to be alarmist, like really we should be alarmist. Like we should be ringing the alarm and saying that these are the things that we should be engaging with and, and caring about. That's yeah. when I say that democracy happens in between these presidential elections. Like that consistent engagement. We can't just sprint until November third and then at the end be like, all right. Ooh, that's over. It's like, no, there's more shit to be doing or whatever, you know? Right. So Columbus has almost a billion dollar budget, right? Like that conversation about what's going into it is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to continue to happen. Um, and so, yeah, there are there are elections all the time. So you started mm-hmm. talking about budget a little bit, and that's one of the things that Morgan left us with last week on that episode. I was talking about when you go and you fill out the census that not only is it about the way that the districts get drawn, but also about how much money goes into the different parts of the the state. Um, you know, this episode, we really wanted to kind of hone in on the census. It The deadline for it is September 30th. Yeah, correct. September 30th. So. By the time you guys are listening to this, you're only going to have a couple more days to go in and, and request it and fill it out. And it is a minutes process. Like it, I was surprised. I did it on my cell phone. It, I was like preparing myself to like be spending 20 minutes filling this thing out. And it took me like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's super simple. And then some of the things, especially in the African-American community that we have to talk about is Felons are allowed to fill the census out. If you have an active warrant, no one is going to come knocking on your door because you filled the census out. Right. Like every person who lays their head down at night on American soil has to be counted. And this is I, I understand people's reservations. People should be cautious about these things, given who is in office. Um, but the census is one of the last sort of remaining vestiges of our American institutions where you have people in there that really care about making sure that folks are counted. And like you said, it's the money, right? It's the representation, right? Like how many representatives you get in Congress depends on your population. Mm -hmm. And if you want more of a say, then you have to be counted. And so you need to fill your census out. So I feel like we need to 
roll it back a little bit. Cause I don't think we talked about you and like why you're actually sitting here and some of the things that you've done. And I think that's important. Yeah. Cause it's clear. I mean, you know, a lot, uh, you ran for, what year did you run for city council? Uh, 2017. I ran okay. for city council. I voted for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. About okay. 32,000 fellow Columbusites. I'm not really sure what to call us, but, uh, Cardinals. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> also did as well. And it was definitely one of the most like humbling experiences of my life. Would you be mad at me if I didn't vote for you? Oh, is, is that what you're? I'm just asking. Um, I'm just asking. No. No. I did. Vote I for would you. be upset if the second time around you didn't. Oh. I are you in Oh no, I didn't. Are you No, I'm not. Did we just get some exclusive information? <laughs> I am not. Yeah, Columbus can't wait exclusive people. I, think I am not know. running for anything. No. I am oh. not running for yeah. anything anytime soon. When you wake up the next morning after a campaign and you have seventeen dollars in your bank account, you, you gotta feel some kind of do way. some rebuilding yeah, before you can you. Um, get back out there, right? Like nah, paying down it. my medical debt and getting my credit score right and doing those grown up things. So, yeah. Okay, I hear you. I did vote for you, by the way. I was just Thank asking you. if you would feel away, you know. It's a d- democracy word i'm so glad that you said that because there's politicians that do feel away if you don't vote for them but we're not talking about that on this episode that's petty though i mean i feel like you i mean a... if your reasons were <laughs> wait i'm right petty like they're petty no i'm saying that that's pet i mean people have very personal reasons why like just because i know you because like it's easy to like know a politician in columbus like personally like that doesn't mean i want you making decisions about what I so do speaking of because I know I you. Know you. You know what I mean? Because I do, I do know you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that all of our council members care, right? But if you're not hitting your metrics, there's no other job that you can have where you can just say, I tried really hard and I'm nice. And they don't fire you. And so, like, mm-hmm. if we're continuing to have number one national infant mortality rates, if we're continuing to have rising youth homelessness, right, rising child hunger, rising homicides, Mm -hmm. like, this year, what what are we really, like, how are we measuring success in Columbus? And why do you get to keep your job if you're not hitting those metrics? Those are all good questions. There is no other job where you would be able to do that but part of the reason why is because (laughs) it's weird but you kind of can fly under the radar like sometimes I think as a politician if the people if there aren't enough people paying attention like there's always people paying attention. Well for a lot of people in Columbus Columbus works Mm -hmm. right Um, we do have a substantial middle class black population Um, right like we are a poppin' city, and we do have major Fortune 500 companies here. Like, there are, are a lot of good things about Columbus. There are a lot of things that work for, for people, but we just fail to acknowledge that we're failing miserably in certain aspects and in certain parts of the city. And we just have to be honest with people about that. And then divert resources to fix the problem. 
You're I, right. I mean, <laughs> I'm like sitting here. I'm thinking it's like I agree, and I hate it when people be like, "Yo, I agree with everything you're saying," because then it sounds like you know what I mean. But I agree with everything that you're saying. Like, in a lot of ways, it's easy to get comfortable and be complacent here in the city. And, and sometimes I talk to people that um, leave, and they say I had to leave so that I can be more ambitious because I got too comfortable down in in, in the capital. And I, I don't know. I think you like can live a good life here. here. Hmm? I think that you can live a good life here. Absolutely. And you can even live a life where you are able to sort of have blinders on yeah. to the ways that other people are suffering around you. Um, like if you never have to drive down Sullivan Avenue, do you really understand what's going on? I made it a point five years ago, I think. It was after uh Pimp a Butterfly came out. And now... Like no matter where I live in this, because I've lived all over Columbus, um, I always try to make sure that I drive through every part of the city at least every other week, uh, whether that's the rich parts or Absolutely. the impoverished parts. Because I never want to. I lo- like, that's what I love about Columbus. Like I just bowl. be out here, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> pop up on Livingston, might pop up on Cleveland Avenue. The way our city is set up, like. You know, sometimes the really rich neighborhoods are right next to the really poor neighborhoods. So you don't even got to go that far out of your way to get the full experience. But Well, and that should jar you. Mm-hmm. That should jar people awake when they are on Livingston and they go we're the second, and you go from. Yeah, we're the second most economically segregated city in the country behind Austin. I yeah. thought it was the first. Austin's the first? And if you I think about that. it, what follows economics? Race. So what we're really saying is that we've clumped all of the poor black and brown people into certain areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I moved here, I did notice that it seemed like there were parts of the city that were essentially felt like abandoned. Like, and when I heard kind of like the story of how Columbus was, like, for instance, when my husband was growing up, he was like, well, there was like, for instance, when we were talk- I, we talked about malls and he was like, there was like, Westland Mall and it was a busy mall. There was Eastland Northland. Mall and it we was a busy, busy on mall. Eastland, bruh. <laughs> there was Northland <laughs> and then like the East Side stuff. <laughs> and then the, and I'm then the Eastland happened. Okay, fuck out of here. Respectfully, mm-hmm. same difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let them have their debate. <laughs> you know, it's all about the, the North Side. The Eastland happened. And Where Eastern did you go to high school? Because it is on the Northland. North Side. It's Northland. called Eastland. Okay, like. Well, it's it said a lot. It it told me a lot when I realized that oh, Easton happened and all of these other places, which is why Linden is now the prime target because it connects Easton to downtown. Mm -hmm. So if you are investing in real estate, black people, go buy some houses in Linden. Don't drag your feet. But not so. I got a funny story about that, but I'm not telling on the podcast. you, you said that you'd be around the city, you know, after you ran for city council. Like, what what have you been doing? Yeah, so um, immediately after, um, I took a little bit of time off and volunteered at my church. So I go to New Salem. Um, it's in Linden. And I just wanted to have some quiet time to myself just doing loading boxes at a food pantry and whatnot Mm -hmm. Uh, but that ended up turning into like a fellowship Um, so I basically shadowed my mentor Adam Troy 
and our Community Development Corporation. So it's the Community of Caring Development Foundation. It's basically like a nonprofit arm of our church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we do community development. We do affordable housing. We already, um, so like the stuff off of Agler, the old Agler Green, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. that was a partnership with us and a few other churches to sort of bring in the housing over there. Uh, We've done some senior housing and currently um, working with Homeport to put 40 units of affordable apartments in Linden right now. That's actually lit. Because I always talk about churches, be like, yo, y'all got all these (laughs) mega churches. What are y'all doing with all that money? And I guess I just wasn't asking the right people because it sounds like y'all been doing stuff with it. Yeah. So, I mean, in addition, we've been doing so much stuff. So last year... We were able to have um, like our first annual Linden Classic Linden Festival. Um, we fed over 900 people for free. Mm. We think about 12 to 1500 people came out. We had a 5K race on the front side uh, that ended at at Maloney Park, um, and we had it was just it was great, right? So like feeding the community. We do, we've done so far, we have one more coming up, three drive-through COVID testing events mm, at our great. church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you come get tested, you get a box of produce. Our food pantry is still open. Um, we knock on, I have, they're tired of seeing me and the five mm-hmm. blocks around our church, right? Because we be out there knocking on their doors for everything, bringing people food, trying to connect them to resources. Um so we've been we've been busy. Um, I really love that you're saying all that because when I say earlier that there's work that we need to be doing, being active civically, like that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. Actually, being out in your community, regardless of who's in the Oval Office, regardless of who's in the mayor's seat and city council and so on, like you can go out and be in your community and work to make your community a better space. Like, yeah, it, I mean, you, you don't, don't need permission from anybody. You don't need else. permission, and you don't need to start a nonprofit or volunteer five days a week. Like literally sitting on your front porch, waving at kids, asking them if they're hungry. Yeah, it's that simple. Is, can change a community. It's contagious. Um, and so, you know, we aim to do some large structural things, right, like affordable housing. But we also understand that, like, there is no replacement for direct service. There is no replacement for talking to people and knocking mm-hmm. on their doors and building community. Um, and just imagine. Well, that's one of the ways that we'll see, like, the revolution that we want to see is through we have to create these networks and these kids. You have to build trust where we take like, care of takes each their other. own community into their own hands and they say, yo, all right, this is good enough. This is enough for me to go out and touch. The reason why the people call me a homer all the time is like, but the reason why I say that I'm going to intentionally be Columbus is because there's enough here in Columbus for me to go around and play in. Like, consider your community around you good enough and just try to make the most of it and go and try and make it better. And if everybody had that mentality, then you got this pocket over here. It's it's also, I mean, the people in the community, yes, but also like, if you have reached a certain level, it's your it is your responsibility to then give back, right? God mm-hmm. blesses you to be a blessing to other people, right? And we have got to get out here in these neighborhoods and talk to these kids. Like, mm-hmm. 
again, you don't need permission. You and your friends get some lawn chairs, go pull up at the corner store, order pizza for everybody and just kick it and talk to people. Right. Like it doesn't have to be a big production. You and a group of your friends can just go start hanging out with people and building those relationships and building trust. And then because that's the I mean, that's the biggest part of it. Building relationships, building trust is how we build community and it's how we can move forward in all the other ways that we once we can start to like the person next to me feels as though I will take care of them and I care for them. Like it sounds really basic, but really like one of the basic tenets is like us being able to care for each other, that the 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 essence of like mutual aid, like what yeah, that means. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's it's a process, right? Because like for a long time we've had to fight for scraps. And so there is mistrust and distrust. Cause you know, I gotta feed my family. Um well, but, when we talk when we talk about, you know, like the homicide rate in the city, how much of that is linked back to like lack of access and people fighting over the same access to something? And most not of it, right? It. Like we know that communities that have are resource rich don't have those same issues. And it's not because they have more police, it's because they have overall better services and, and income, right? Like People need to be able to feed their families. Like you can't just offer people that live in a certain zip code minimum wage jobs and expect them to be like, oh, great. Thank you. I'm still going to have to work three other jobs to try to make pay my bills. Right. Like we have to invest in good jobs, good paying jobs in these neighborhoods that I don't have to take a bus out to Obets to right. go to. Right. But isn't can't we link that back to why it's important to like fill out? The census. Right. Is that that's how people can, you know, have a chance to ensure that some resources are allocated to the places where they lay their head and the people that they care about. And it's like if you have the infrastructure already built because you have the relationships inside of your community, then when somebody comes and gives you like the money or they give you like the the aid that you need and you know how to go and use it in a way that's actually going to be effective. It's not like, all right, here's a bunch of money. Well, what do we do with it? You know what I mean? And it's an easy way to, like, make an attempt to to affect change where you live. So can you talk about, do we talk about the ways that people can fill out the census? Is it, is it online and what is uh, it too late to do the paper ballots? Probably. To do the paper census, if you can find oh, yeah, a place census. that has them, um, I believe local libraries mm. are a place where you can go and do that. Um, but yes, really the easiest way is to do it online. And maybe after this, I'll send you a link and you can post it. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I do want to ask you real quick. We're running a little short on time um, because... That's probably one of the things I saw you most active with uh, this year. It's like, you know, going there and being out with the protests and all that. Um, What would you say to the people that say there's no, and I've been hearing this a lot more lately, that there's no um, benefit of going out and protesting or that it's just uh, episodic and that, you know, it's just another case of the day. Yeah, I would just say that, like, History proves them wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, people didn't just protest in the civil rights movement, right? Like, we had labor, massive labor protests, 
right? Where people actually died to make sure that we could have a five day work week, mm. right? And have ventilation in the factories that we work in. <laughs> people were dropping dead, literally, right? Inside so, of factories. Um, I mean, there have been massive climb. I mean, this country was like founded on that, right? Like mm-hmm. throughout history, people lifting their voice collectively has led to change. Um, and I think there are always asterisks and question marks around it, right? It's like, okay, so how organized are you as a city? And like, we showed that we're semi-organized. We got some reform, but we weren't able to push them to vote to go from six helicopters to four. That's on us. Like, Mm. we have to organize and build more power because as of right now, we have no way to punish them for making that decision. Mm-hmm. Mm. So are you of the mindset that going out and demonstrating is effective? Yes, absolutely. also that there's next action steps after that? or Yeah, I mean, nothing that's done well is ever done well or is ever done just from like a one prong approach right like even in sports you got to play offense and defense right like Mm -hmm. there there are multiple things can be true at once like yes we need to turn up on people yes we actually need to have concrete next steps so like when they do invite you to the table what are you asking for so then is the protesting just to get the attention of the change makers then absolutely i mean but protests to me are also like it's also about love Right. It's about saying that I value these black people's lives enough that I am going to get out in these streets and risk harm to make sure that my black brothers and sisters have the things that they deserve. Right. Mm. Like that is a stance of love. Um, And so to me, protest is just a statement of like, I care deeply about these people. They matter to me and you need to listen Um, so, you know, some of it is internal. Some of it is when you go to a protest, right? Like you get to feel like you're around people that understand and care about you. Sometimes the protest is the thing that motivates someone to like actually get into action and they're calling their representatives and they're, um, like the women in my family, right after Trump was elected, we went to the women's March in DC. And since then, They are consistently, like, calling, emailing, Mm. texting, donating. Jasmine, what what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Should I give money to this? What are we doing now? And so some of that was sparked by standing with a million women saying, we want to be heard. So it's like a pep And we want to be counted. Yeah. But also, like, we're serious and we're organized and there's a lot of us and you need to listen. Because some of the things that happen at protests aren't peppy. They're, it's, you know, it's... It's it's, an, it's I, emotional. It's intense. Yeah. It's, I said probably just like no, getting yeah, caught no. up in the spirit of it. Right. You know? I understand yeah. what you mean. I think... And I think when I, when I talk to people about like what a lot of people say, well, you know, like you said earlier, like, well, why should I vote? I think that that's... Voting is not the only thing that right. we have to do. That's a... It's one that's thing. That's a tool in the toolbox. Direct action is another tool. In Not the to mention, box. it takes you like twenty minutes to vote. Like, like, come on, y'all. And I think For sometimes real? when people go to protests who have maybe never participated before, 
they start to think about their own politics. Mm. You know, what are the things that are actually important to me? What are the systems that I'm upholding that harm other people? And how do I need to change the way that I think in order to, you know, be in community with people who are being harmed in a better way? So I think it it causes people to really like, if you're doing it for the right reasons, it causes you to do a lot of self-reflection as well. Right. Like there were a lot of just families and people who are new to protests at the stuff in Columbus, right, where like someone can tell you, no, really, protesters are peaceful until the cops get there. But like there's always some doubt in the back of your head just because of sort of the way that the media portrays things. And it's like, no, I was really there when they just started pepper spraying people for no reason. Like some of those people will never forget those things that Mm. they saw and it has sort of lit a fire underneath them. And um, and, uh, unfortunately, like, and this is sad because you shouldn't have to see somebody like suffering in order to feel sorry for them. But like, I think the protests that people saw happening across the country um, this past week, um, a couple months ago, like sort of legitimized in their minds that, wow, there maybe there really is a problem. There sure is like a lot of people out there like and that's sad, but it's the truth. And tomorrow there will be more of us. That's how I always feel. Mm -hmm. 100%. So we got a question that we're planning on asking all of our guests. I mean, it might switch up a little bit. My favorite color is orange. No, 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 no. (laughs) We're going to ask you to go a little bit deeper than this. Um, You have any albums that you feel like changed your life? This is like my favorite question. Ooh. Um, Wow. Yes. Oh, man, you see her face? She's like, (laughs) yes. She couldn't wait to be asked. She didn't even know she couldn't wait to be asked this question tonight. So, to me, like... My all-time greatest album in the history of Jasmine's albums that has ever been made is the score by the Fugees. Yo, that's the second Fugees answer that we've had. Fugees-ish, because last week. Adjacent. Yeah. Um, But like last week. The Carter changed my whole life. I thought you was gonna say the Carter. (laughs) Oh man, what like Cause it it came out my freshman year in high school. Wow! And I I played football in high school, and so like you summer. You played football. Yeah. You lit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for three years at Northland. Yeah. Um, what position did you play? Left guard and DN. Yo, that's that's crazy. Go ahead. I played rugby in college too, but we can talk about that another day. Oh man. Um. Jasmine fucking like, nigga up airs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not anymore. Put that put that behind me. Um. But, like, we had summer conditioning. So this is, like, before school started. And, like, um, like one of the upperclassmen was giving me a ride. And, like, he was like, oh, the new Wayne. He put the CD in. <laughs> and I just remember being like, this is, what is this? this is, like, this is it. Like, When Wayne I came am, out with the Carter, he was on a different level. Like, he was rapping on a different level. <sighs> It was just, and then he level. had that whole mixtape spree, which I was, was just too young yeah. crazy. To when the oh my gosh! Out. Yeah, dedication. You had to be there. The Carter Three is what came out when I was in high school. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. It 
like, do you feel what I'm saying? Like he 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 came from like hot boys and like no, cash but money. when he hit with the car, it was just yeah, like he was somebody else. Like it this is like it was wow, just he's crazy, on another man. level. You yeah. had to be there. It was crazy. The energy. <laughs> yeah. It was. I agree with you. The it energy was crazy, was crazy for real. Yeah. Um I would say other albums that changed my no, life. You said one album. You said, you said <laughs> I mean, but there's album, just man. there's so many, right? Like I'm thinking like currency. Like Airborne Aquarium. Who's that by? Currency. Uh, I'm not a currency fan. Oh, so. okay. Well, we'll forgive you for that. Wow. Um. Jeez. Yeah, man. Boosie. Boosie. You look like my you life listen for to real. Boosie, man. You've been wilding on. Um, yeah. Is this I mean, Instagram so, like, still down? I, I, I went to school in the South, right? So, like, I was mm. in. Yeah. Where did you go to school? Yeah. Wake I Forest. In Northwood. Okay. So I was in North Carolina yeah. for four years, and then I came back for a year, but then I was in Texas for two years. So, oh, so I didn't know, know if you were in Baton Rouge. You know, no. if you go to Baton Rouge, everybody no. has the boosie fade. No, no, no. He's like God down there. I just love that dance. Maybe he'll get his Instagram got back me, one day. Got me through some hard times, bro. <laughs> Boosie did? Yeah. Boosie badass. I'm not a big He Boosie has fan. a really like poignant interview where he talks about being locked up. And like what it was like, y'all should listen. It's it was on Vlad, which I hate him how he interviews people, but Y'all hear you sending check people it to go out. listen to Vlad. Boosie's oh, a little problematic, also, but you had to Gucci, different, man. Gucci, what? What? the state versus what Roderick Davis. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still Yo, going. Jazz is a goon, man. I didn't realize that Gucci album is your fave? No, but that was like I it was it reminds me of fond times in my oh yeah yeah he had I mean he had well a mix so many mixtapes too I just want to point out how she started out with the Carter he, I mean excuse me started out with the Fugees and then made a left turn like the Carters and Bussy and, and Gucci and everything that cool I like trap music. the range man I respect it you know I, I I really have another question. I know we're running out of time. I just I just really wanted to know. So if those are the rappers, like who's your favorite like new school rapper? Mm. So I would say there's like sort of like an interim, which is like probably Travis Scott, and then of like the new new youngsters. Youngsters. I real though. I mean, like, I, I can't. I I can't publicly say. Oh no! This is too problematic. <laughs> hey, <yikes. laughs> so I I'm gonna I refrain. I hear from, you. We can. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that in I a few minutes. I do not support oh, problematic man. people publicly. Rappers publicly. Publicly. Boosie, he got he got a few things. Right, so I have said, stopped, you know, <laughs> deleted some albums off of my phone, and you know, oh man, am doing the responsible, the responsible thing. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We'll have to talk offline. About oh shit! We well, might have the same favorites. Jazz, we definitely appreciate you. you know no, I man, appreciate y'all. This is yeah. this is fun. Thank you so much. You're so knowledgeable. Yeah, really. How do people find you on? Do you want people to find you on social media? Because if you don't, I totally understand. Well, when she's running but if for you would office like again. to, right? Let's let's not even. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter um, at airs for Columbus. So A Y R E S. The number four, Columbus. 
and that's yes that's where you can cool yeah all right that's crazy because we have morgan she's for ohio now we got airs for columbus and we got taria for never mind yeah, we might be in, in the midst of a name change for me, so we'll see. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me on. I appreciate y'all. Last minute reminder: please go fill out y'all census. Fill out the census, y'all. For September real, it takes five minutes. 30th. It's due Wednesday, September thirtieth. Next Wednesday, the address to go to it online is my twenty twenty census gov. It's and really easy. Honestly, if you're wondering, if you're worried about the state or the federal government having your information, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, they it's already it too late. So They already got your shit, bro. Do what you're going to Just um, go on ahead and do it. Yeah, so um, on the future episode of Columbus Can't Wait, we're going to talk about our ballots. And do uh, you want to tell them who we have coming up next week? Jay Goyle, former state rep. Is coming on to talk about what is he coming on to talk about redistricting? Yeah, redistricting, going to state and federal level, yeah. um, and just a, a general survey of Ohio politics and uh, talk about how that works. So uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. Looking forward to that. Make yeah. sure you ask him about Larry Householder. We're going to ask him about Larry Householder. So we, did we? We talked about Larry a little bit last talked week. Talked about Larry Dog. Uh, yeah, Last we get week. into the shit. He's still, isn't he still in the... Yeah, so they removed him from his... Um, leadership. Leadership bro. seat, mm. but he is actively back as a con- congress member Trifling. in the halls of our, the people's building. Trife. Yeah. $60 million bribe. Mm-hmm. Six, that's a lot for a politician. Facts. 60 million. I mean, it's a lot for anybody. You know, that's big criminal money. That's big... Yeah. That's that's big money. Yeah, I have opinions. Money, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I have opinions on that. So we will t- talk about that next week. For sure. Yeah. Well, Jazz, we appreciate you so much. Love you, Columbus. You know what I mean? Appreciate it. Cool. All right, we out. Nah, so we got a, a real quick snippet of a, uh, a speech that I have been inspired by for the last 10 years of my life, I want to say. I listened to it back when I was in college. It's the intro of a song that I really like. So um, listen to this. is from... I pick it. Don't look at me. Right. It was, <laughs> there was a rally out in Cali um, back in the 60s. Uh, as people were beginning to unionize, I think it was actually at the college. Yeah. Um, so, hey, go and check that out. So here we are. Four students are getting the axe. Six organizations are getting the axe for standing up this semester and for fighting for these things. They're getting the axe not for what they did, but for what we have done. They spoke for us. They were part of us. They have been singled out, and they're going to be chopped off. We were told the following. If President Kerr actually tried to get something more liberal out of the regions in his telephone conversations, why didn't he make some public statement to that effect? And the answer we received from a well-meaning liberal was the following. He said, would you ever imagine the manager of a firm making a statement publicly in opposition to his board of directors? That's the answer. I ask you to consider. If this is a firm, and if the Board of Regents are the Board of Directors, and if President Kerr, in fact, is the manager, and I tell you something, the faculty are a bunch of employees, and we're the raw materials. 
but we're a bunch of raw materials that don't mean to be have any process upon us, don't mean to be made into any product, don't mean, don't mean to end up being bought by some clients of the university, be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings. There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all.